0: it's such a fine line because it's the personal experiences that make you relatable and allow you to have impact. But at the same time, where is that line and how far is too far? And obviously for every person, that's an individual. Like we just spoke about things yes, like nuanced behavior, every level of every bit of our observance. Is is personal. Hi,
1: I'm Rivky Silver,
0: and I'm Alex Fletcher,
1: and this is Deep, Meaningful Conversations, powered by Meaningful Minutes,
2: the podcast where we explore the complexities, nuances, and joys of being a firm woman. Welcome back, everyone. So we've been wanting to tackle an episode on SNIAS for a while now, and here we are. You know, we're two from women co-hosts of a podcast geared to for from women, so we must talk about SNES. Like it is about time,
1: <laughs> right. right? Although I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah, it is definitely <laughs> nerve-wracking. I was definitely pushing it off for a while. We
2: pushed it off. The,
1: um, but SNIAS, Jewish modesty, is obviously a hot button topic for from women. It brings up. A lot of feelings, a lot of various feelings. Each for a woman has her own relationship with this value of modesty and its application in our everyday lives, whether it's how we dress, how we act, how we express ourselves. For some, it's a love relationship. For some, it's a hate relationship. And, and for a lot, I think it's a love-hate relationship. <laughs>
2: Lost that. <laughs> um, I actually have a friend who is a rabbitson who told me that she doesn't like using the word sneas and discussing with her children, both boys and girls. She, it's like the T word. They try to avoid it. So um, she, of course, teaches about Jewish modesty, and she models it. But she feels that the term is just so fraught with you know negative associations that she avoids it altogether.
1: Wow. It's that bad? I, I know.
2: I, I, <laughs> I, 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 it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting approach. Um, I mean, I definitely use the word with my kids, I don't avoid it. I, I don't want it to be like a bad word, you know? I think that we can find some kind of balance, but I do respect her approach. Um, and I think sinis it's should not just be a girl thing. I think it's just so important. I spoke to a number of friends, actually, who are sinis educa- educators, mm-hmm. and they talk about this very, very specifically, that it's 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 a gender neutral term. And I think it's also important to note that you sinis know, is a mida. It's a value. It goes beyond dress. And that those are some of the key talking points when we're going to be having this, this conversation here on DMC. Absolutely. Um, Finally, also, let's just acknowledge that you said, Rifki, it's so important that every woman's experience with CS is different and that's going to be based on their background, based on their education, based on their, you know, personal experiences with it and you you really can't judge. You'd be like, hey, you can't say like, hey, CS is easy for me but for you, oh, I wonder why it's such a challenge for her. It's not (laughs) right right, right,
1: and it's not fair because it is so personal. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And, you know, for me, it's like, you know, having come to having lived in the secular world and then having come to observance as a young adult and then having taken SNEAS on for myself as an adult to make a choice and do it. You know, it really it creates an entirely different experience for me than my daughters are having. You know, my, my daughters are still young, so I'm sure I have <laughs> a lot of my TSNIA's journey with them is still coming. But like I, I just remembered um for me, like it was such a distinct moment. I've talked about this on a, on a few different podcasts I've been on. But like when I started dressing more modestly, like I noticed an instant change in the way the people around me and the world around me, like strangers, interacted with me. Like I felt like I got more like, I don't want to say covoed. That's not exactly right. But I was just mm-hmm. treated more nicely by like random people like in like the respect? grocery store. Like a, I guess. It was store. It was interesting. But... Like, again, I feel like all the time ends we end up talking about clothing. So I want to uh-huh. for, for a second to just to say, like, also, it really informed how I carried myself into the world and that I just didn't share everything with everyone. Like we I grew up in a very like open house. Like my mom is like the like she's the type if you sit next to her on an airplane, you'll be best friends by the end of the flight. Like she's so open and it's beautiful. And that's how I was raised. And I there's a lot of beauty that comes with that but at the same time i had to kind of learn well what does it mean what things are private and how do i keep certain things private and there was um a time when i i had a blog for many many years back back before podcasts exist there are blogs right so i had a blog for many years and i was sharing a lot of details about just my life just like blogging stuff like 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 every blogger was doing and i was in this sneas group um What's it called? It was called paninim I think mm-hmm. it's a maybe a Chavetz Chaim organ, um, organization uh, program. I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. If anyone wants to fact check me, you're welcome to. <laughs> but um, there was a discussion and we were talking about SNEAS. It was a SNEAS learning group. And it came up to me. I was like, is what I'm doing, sharing my life on the internet, is that, is that a SNIAS problem? Hmm. And I asked my Rav. And... Um, like he has said basically that because of my background that I had come in from the outside and I had the ability to write and share like a window into the firm world so then he said it was it was okay but obviously there had to be boundaries I had to have boundaries of what parts of my life were private that's and so that, key right yeah. and that was that was a learning experience and it's something that I'm still navigating with social media it's you know? something we're talking
2: about with Jamie
1: <laughs> that's, that's right. for sure so what about you Alex so um, no it's, it's so
2: interesting I mean I, I appreciate your coming into this appreciating how Sneas values Changed your life in a way, like yeah. it was so new for you, and totally. also so important to say that when people who are bollychuv are now raising FFB children, you're coming in with that awareness that it's going to be different for them, right. and that's super important. Like
1: everything religiously is different for them.
2: That's right. Yeah, that's right. You know? and you're aware of the challenges too. Um, for me, my family became religious when I was a teenager. It's hard, like, weird. I don't really consider myself a Balchuba because of that. Um, you know, I was probably 12 or 13 by the right. time we were a shabbos. You're, you're FFT. FFT. From from team? Yeah. Okay, like it. Um, <laughs> but fascinatingly, many Balchuba parents will push stuff on their children very quickly. Um, often they're high achievers, and they want to, you know, apply that as well in, in their religious experience. My my mother was the opposite. Everything I did Sineas-wise was at my own pace. Wow. So much so that... Um, at a certain point in high school, I s- stopped wanting to wear pants, and my mom was like, "Oh, you look so cute in jeans. You should still wear them." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, mom, don't make me wear pants." It's like, you That's know, a riot. Oh, I a love it. It's actually a really good parenting skill. It's an, I mean, I don't know, like Torah wise, but yeah, like do the opposite,
1: <laughs> like reverse psychology, reverse psychology you you is, to do,
2: especially on the teenagers. Oh my gosh. Um, So, like, I guess. You know nothing was forced everything was that personal journey which is so great you yes. know ultimately and I I, I I I don't think my mother knew what she, what she was doing she was just how she was feeling about it and that's what I wanted ultimately in my own journey but you know fast forwarding now like you said, you're raising, you know, girl, you're raising, you're raising a girl, yeah. girls, yeah, you're girls. raising girls,
1: well, was, a girl, preteen and yeah, a baby, yeah, a like little the, toddler. The toddler. I feel like it's still kind of, you know, <laughs> it's not, not relevant yet. Yeah. But, but girls but yeah, yeah.
2: and, um, you know, my daughter's in high school and it's just been fascinating to see, you know, her journey. And I just was speaking to her about this because I really credit, um, there's an amazing program. You mentioned Paninim. Well, yes. there's also Panini, Ooh. which is, um, Mrs. Fagey Seltzer, okay, and she has an amazing SNES curriculum that is now really, you know, commonly taught in the girls' schools. And um, it's a it's a two year program. And I was asking my daughter about like what she loved about it. And um, there's just been such a shift, you know. Some people who have had negative experiences with SNES is often because the way it was taught in schools. Yeah. And I think Fagey Seltzer is just really revolutionizing SNEAS education. I love that. And you know. And, and when I asked my daughter, Kana about it, she says, it's just, it's 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 not about the clothes. They spend a year of curriculum not even talking about tzinius in terms of clothes.
1: That's amazing. That's it, amazing. It's,
2: it's the midah, it's the source in the Torah, and she explained that it's all, she's just learned all these multifaceted aspects of tzinius. It's not just about the externals, but it's about the inside and the internals, you know, focusing on the uniqueness and the value and the specialness of each person, and it's just transformative, and I'm so grateful. That's really so nice. So grateful for that. Makes this. me excited it for my is daughter. It's exciting. She'll,
1: she'll get there too. <laughs> so, I'm curious, Alex, what, what resonates with you the most about the concept of tinius? Like, and, and then, what's the most challenging Ooh, for you? We're going there. We are going there.
2: Okay.
1: We just went there. All right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> now I have to go there too. All right. So, um, what resonates the most? Yes, I'm going to talk about clothes. Is that
1: okay? It's totally fine. Okay. <sighs> I feel like we shouldn't only talk about clothes we but we shouldn't also only, shouldn't avoid we, talking we can, about clothes. because we have to. Yeah. Like it's
2: funny I was speaking to one of my friends who teaches the Panini program and she's like it's not only about clothes it's about the internals it's about the values and I'm like yes but it is about clothes. <laughs> like let's not pretend that it is. So I'm going to talk about that right now and yes and teaching says you should lay the foundation of the values and the means of but
1: we can't ignore it. We can't ignore the it. In the room
0: also, yeah. I,
2: you know when we look at the outside world and we look at you know the media and Hollywood um, there's just there's so much is this value that like, if you've got it, flaunt it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, this, this freedom of expression, and, you know, freedom of who you are as an individual. And there there's beauty, yes, to be said about, you know, freedom as an individual being able to express yourselves. But I also think that it's very hard to rein in. And what I love about Sineas is the idea of self-control. Oh, yeah. Like if you, if you compare it to, you know, some of these attitudes, attitudes Excuse me, in the outside world, I mean, you know, this idea of restraint, of control, that's not really a value. Yeah. And I, I, I think there's actual tremendous beauty in the concept of strength and restraint and control when it comes to physicality. And channeling it in the appropriate ways, in the right times, and the right situations. And I think it's it's a very, very beautiful part of Sineas that we recognize there's power and there's tremendous beauty um, in physicality, but it but we need to show self-restraint and self-control. And it doesn't mean that we just expose everything, express everything. Um, I, I really love that. appreciate that.
1: I love that. That's very insightful. Yeah, yeah. I think
2: it adds a lot. Um, the most challenging part for me so I'm going back to. Hmm, should we talk about clothes again? Yeah, my back's <laughs> okay, fine. Back to <laughs> clothes. Um, I'm gonna say like in those moments where you know you you go to the beach or you know you go to the pool and it's it's more relaxed it's more downtime it's vacation and you sort of want to look quote unquote normal <laughs> you know yeah, and like yeah 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 and that doesn't mean by the way i personally don't ha- have an urge to be like ah forget about this i'm just going to wear my shades on my bathing suit and i'm good you know right right no, right, not, right but no seriously that's just a joke about the shades on but like i i don't really i'm not saying that like i that's a real an for me. That like I want to wear bathing suit, but I I do don't want to look like a schlump. You know, for me with my like my bandana tied and my like dumpy. You know, what's it called?
1: She has cover up right. shwimcly. Yeah, I can't. Well, know I don't know, else,
2: so, yeah. She has bathing suit. There you <laughs> the go. Season, yeah. Season, season, yeah. So I know beautiful ones exist and I need to make an effort to invest in more money and buying nicer ones. ones. Can I tell you? Yeah. I had
1: one for years that I also felt like really gross wearing, and yeah. then I went and I got just a bo- I had a top that was cute that I got at Lens End that really worked. Like, yeah, a, like a rash car, right? Fine. Mm-hmm. But then for the bottoms, like I just had something that I always felt gross in. And I this this past year, this past summer, whenever it was, this past swimming adventure or whatever, when I had to get Something I got myself something that fit me and right. that I liked it, I'm telling you, it was a huge it's difference. It's a game changer. Huge and difference. I think it's
2: in general. You have to feel good in what you're wearing. And what you're wearing. You know, and if you're not feeling, really, you know, so you need some make an effort that like you're not gonna look like everyone else at the beach, but like you need to feel proud and feel comfortable that you know yeah. you've invested in something that's a little nicer and, yeah. and it's gonna that.
1: last. It's not like you're wearing it every day. Like, right. it's gonna last. Right. You know? So
2: if you tell us about, about what you appreciate about CS mm. and also your challenges, I'm curious
1: to hear. That's a good so I I feel like I talked a little bit already about like the fact that I liked the fact that when I'm moving through the world, I feel like I'm treated with a greater sense of like respect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, two things that I like are one is that this is going to sound maybe counterintuitive, but there is a smaller range of choices in what we can wear. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's certain things that I just can't wear because it, like, even with a shell, it does, it's not gonna make sense for me. Um, and I like the smaller range of choices because like I really get I feel like here, especially in America, we get a lot of choice paralysis. There's just so many options. And I'm like, that's great. I have fewer choices. Fantastic. Oh, like funny. I so I spend less like less headspace I have to spend on what I'm wearing. So okay. I really like that. And I like as, as far as we're going to just keep talking about clothes, I guess. <laughs> but um, I also like that with the greater coverage that wearing sneers clothing gives me, I feel like more free to move around. Like, I remember what it was like to to be in an outfit that did not give me very much actual coverage. Hmm. And it's like, I couldn't move as easily. Like, hmm. it's interesting. Like, so again, it sounds counterintuitive. What, in a skirt, you can move more easily in long sleeves in the summer? But I'm telling you, I prefer it so much more. I can move wherever. I don't have to worry about like you know, what's going to show, what's not going to show, what's hmm. going to, whatever. It's Interesting so perspective. nice. I really love it. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Deep thoughts by Key. What's the hardest part is, um, well being hot sometimes in the summer, yeah. but I always say I was hot in a tank top also. And then I had also, you know, problems with like sunburns. So that's fine. Um, I think just, you know, naturally I'm very effusive and I am friendly and like, just like, my personality is an open personality which like I feel like Hashem gave me this personality so that I can write about things that are more private and I can share thoughts that could hopefully be helpful to people but I have to really kind of be constantly aware of am I crossing a line and where is my line and as my children grow then where's the line for like their privacy also you know what do I share about you know relationships like you know it's so it's it's this constant kind of struggle, I guess, of like where is the boundary of what is sneas in my behavior.
2: Mm, I'm so so glad you're mentioning this. <laughs> um, this is actually something that we're talking about our, with our upcoming guests on this episode. Is those non-sartorial, the non-dress, you know, guidelines and and defining, like you said, the the behavior piece of sneas and and how much we're exposing not physically yeah. but in terms of our internal selves so yeah. very important so Jamie, we wanted to hear the perspective of someone really who is out there who is a public figure yeah. um, and to hear how Tsineas informs who they are and the work that they do mm-hmm. so Jamie Keller was the first person that we thought of who would be you know really good fit for this yeah. and another interesting piece about Jamie is that she's a Baal Shuba so we wanted to hear how her attitudes and and you know, feelings towards Sinaeus has evolved in her journey.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And Jamie Geller, who really needs no introduction, that right. uh, she is the chief media and marketing officer at H Global. She's also the founder and CEO of Kosher Network International, which is the number one global kosher food media company. She's a best-selling cookbook author. One of my first cookbooks that I ever bought was a Jamie Geller yeah. cookbook. Mm-hmm. And she's mom of six, and she's raising her family in Israel. Something fascinating about Jamie is how she uses her talents to change the Jewish world for the better. She was actually a writer and producer for HBO and CNN. So cool. High achieving, <laughs>
2: right? Using her talents now in the Jewish world, which is also just something so awesome, exactly, so awesome about exactly. her. So she's one of a kind. We cannot wait to hear her perspective about today's topic. Before we get into our DMC with Jamie, it is time for a montage. So the question we put out this episode is, how do we make Tineas sweet for ourselves and our children? And here are some of the responses that we got. I really feel
3: that SNEAS should be taught in a way of we are doing this with dignity. Not because I have to cover myself because I'm bad or any part of my body is bad. That is not how we want to teach our daughters. We teach our daughters that we are we are daughters of kings. We are a daughter of Hashem and we are the daughter of a king. And this is how royalty dresses. We are royalty and look how beautiful A a daughter of a king how she would dress so in that sense it's not just covering it's how you dress and maybe what clothing people would choose to wear now some people may choose different clothings than others that would say you know some people may say jeans skirts okay maybe not that's more of a sensitivity but I'm saying we teach it in a way of look at what we get to do because we are children and daughters of a king
4: When my daughter was little, like every little girl, she sat with her legs spread wide apart and all over, over her head half the time. And as she got older, I wanted to give her a message to sit more appropriately, but I didn't want to say it like that. Not sit more appropriately, not put your legs together, not, we don't want to see your underwear. And I I struggled and I gave it a lot of thought. And what I ended up making my line, which I said many, many, many times was, sit like a princess because the real reason we sit with our legs together or without our underwear showing, or in a more tzniahs fashion, is to feel like a princess and to remind ourselves that we're basmelech. So sit like a princess sort of became my mantra for a little while.
5: Owning one's tzniahs, I find that really was my defining moment when I owned it and recognized that I am not serving people, I am serving Hashem. My girls are very, into pretty things and I don't blame them. And I love that. So when I put on a tekel, or when I put on clothing, I davin it should be a kiddish Hashem. It should, you know, I love that elegant look and regal look and it's important to me to also look beautiful. When I speak to my kids, you know, I tell them, I tell them when I'm I'm honest about my struggles, um, or, you know, owning it or how I owned it and also I reached out to a personal stylist there's nothing wrong to get the right help that you need she was able to pair me up with the most gorgeous colors that are fit for me my girls know that they know you know or like you know which looks great with this or whatnot it it, there's so many resources out there that you can really maximize look so beautiful so fashionable so with it and not compromise on tinius. And having my girls see that, they, they develop sensitivities as well. I feel like, thank God, is through osmosis, and I also pray that God gives them the strength that they need in today's world. Baruch Hashem, I was
4: raised with a very healthy, positive relationship with tznias, both from, my mother was a great role model, and uh, my school very, very much emphasized Tineas in a very positive way. So I try to model Tineas myself um, for my own daughters. And also, there are certain things that my family, our family, is Macbeth on more than the community around us. And so I pose it as something that's a very big schoss. I know that not everyone is Macbeth. They hold differently, but in our family... We do X, Y, Z, and it's very, very special, and you get tremendous schar. So that is how I try to frame Sneas in a very positive way. And I'm comfortable with Sneas, so I'm hoping that this will be passed down to my daughters. When my girls wear a new outfit or they dress for Shabbos and they look beautiful, I try to say, you look so beautiful and sneistic," because I want Sneas to be something positive and I want Sneas to be a compliment.
6: So what I like to do is I like to zoom out and think of Tznias really as the midah um, that it's designed to be. You know, Hashem says, That doesn't mean with elbows covered and knees covered you should walk with Hashem, but it's with an attitude and a mindset um, and a way of relating to ourselves. So I really like to zoom out into the larger picture of what Tznias is, which to me is really about dignity um, and being an internally focused person who's connected to the essence of themselves And letting that awareness and connection of ourselves radiate outwards and wanting that to be the part of ourselves that we show other people. It's really about connecting to our true self and letting that um, be expressed on the outside so that that's what people see when they see us. They're not distracted or blinded by the false parts of ourselves, but they really get to see the truer parts of ourselves, which leaves a person feeling dignified. Um, because nobody wants to be mistaken for a pretty upper arm <laughs> or a pretty shoulder or sculpted abs. Everybody wants to be recognized and appreciated for who they are.
1: I love it. And we had, we had so many amazing, amazing voices. I wish we could have used I know. You know, even more.
6: It's real voices.
2: It's, it's real women, real, real perspectives on you know, how they navigate SNES. And some you know, really helpful insights here about being strong Within ourselves, and then you know, showing that appreciation for SNEAS to then pass on to our daughters just by osmosis. I love that. Yeah,
1: totally. And I love the idea of um, using SNEAS as a compliment. like mm. one of the voice notes that's said. Very yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, so I guess that's fantastic. And now here is our DMC with Jamie. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, Jamie, to Deep Meaningful Conversations. We are beyond, <laughs> We are beyond thrilled to have you. And thank you so much for joining us all the way from Eris as well.
0: Oh my gosh, it's my absolute pleasure. I'm so honored you invited me on. <laughs>
1: thank you. So today's episode is all about SNEAS. And we are mm-hmm. so curious to hear your perspective. And what does what SNEAS, does like in the entirety of the world, in the word, um, or maybe the world also, <laughs> mean mm-hmm. to you?
0: Wow, um, I don't know that I'll be able to give like a very succinct answer, um, but certainly some words that come are refinement, um, self-respect, um, uh, attractive. Um, I've heard this a lot. I don't know that it's so accurate, attractive, not attracting, but I think attractive, I, I want that to be a consideration um, that we should feel good as women, You know the way that we present ourselves, self-confidence in ourselves and our skin um, and how we present ourselves to the world. So those are just some of the things that come to mind. Obviously, it refers to not just dress, but behavior as well, and just a general overall attitude. Mm-hmm. Beautiful.
2: So I'm curious, you know, um, I've been now married, we have our 20th wedding anniversary coming up this summer. Wow. And I think, that, yeah. So I'm thinking awesome. about, you know, as we get older and as we go through different stages of life, I think um, our attitude towards Cineas may evolve. For some people, yeah. that might look like they become more Cineas. For some people, that might look like they've lost some sensitivities or dropped certain things for various reasons. And I'm not asking for like specifics with your specific story and your own personal, you know, um, thresholds and all that. But I am curious, like, if if, if you would agree that anos is something that can evolve, and you know, ha- has it evolved for you? Whether even in you know, certain attitudes or understanding of Cineas?
0: First of all, everything evolves in life. I like we just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. I don't even want to you know say how old I am. Yeah. but and not just with regards to Tsneus, but with regard to every single thing in life. Our attitudes evolve based on where we are in life, where we are in the world, um, where we are like emotionally, you know, even. So I think that that for sure that's a, um, a given, and definitely it has evolved for me. Um, so very much so.
2: Hmm. Um, can I, can I prod you a little bit and and give yeah, yeah, examples man, you like, and you know, whether it's attitudes or even, um, I don't know, just your own understanding of it.
0: Um, I mean, maybe I'll just start by being a little bit real. This is supposed to be like, you know, it's a deep, meaningful conversation. Yeah. So, um, I feel like for me, I struggle with sneeze and behavior, mm. um, for whatever reason, the dressing once i became religious and i changed the way i've adopted it like a more observant lifestyle i changed the way that i dress so obviously there are always like issues with i love this outfit it's exactly what i wanted it to be but looks so good but i want to get bizarre. you know like so those are like some of the more trivial day to day but for me i'm very warm very bubbly very outgoing and i've been like that my whole life and before i was religious i was that, that with everyone hug and kiss everyone and warm and friendly and, and like overly friendly, you know, like it's just like my, I'm effusive. That's the good word. Mm -hmm. And with men and with women. And by the way, I do that professionally and personally, like even in the workspace, I'm always, you know, more warm. I I don't like, it's just my style. Um, And so, and yeah. And so that's been a hard thing for me to juggle. And even now, all these years, 20 plus years in the workspace, 20 plus years being from, um, and I just feel like I'm always, where is that balance as it relates to sneeze attitude and behavior? Um, and what, as it relates to men, you mm-hmm. know, forget about even the dress like beyond, cause we spoke about, it, it's like a whole way of being and a whole presentation of yourself. And it's not just about skirt length or, you know, covering a certain like, collarbone or elbow, et cetera, too tight, not tight enough, you know, like colors it's, there's a whole attitude there. And that's something that I've struggled with.
1: Hmm. 100% this is something that actually one of our listeners had actually um, private messaged us about about that exact thing of like how do you know when to be how friendly when where is that boundary because each person is different each relationship is different and a work relationship needs a certain kind of approach whereas like you know how schmoozy do you want to be with like a friend's husband at the shabbos table Correct. so many different nuances and I feel like you know, we all need hadracha for how we can handle different things because it's not like a blanket approach.
0: And also where you
2: live. You you move to Eritrethro also, which has different standards too in terms of behavior and dress.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting because obviously there's like the menaga mokom and the standards of where you are and the culture and the style and everything, but then there has to be a certain baseline that you hold for yourself. So whether I'm at a Shabbos table in Chicago or Yerushalayim, like what's it really matter if there's a way that, you know, I intend to hold myself and that, you know, my family and my community, my husband expects of me, like, you know, does it matter that I'm in Chicago? Does it matter? Like, I I don't know. Um, And so I, you know, I love to joke around, you know, I like, but again, like, where is the line, especially as it relates to the opposite sex. That's, mm-hmm. that's for sure a very, and then I don't want to seem unfriendly. And then I'm, but I'm like, you know, but is that part of the culture to be unfriendly. It's okay to be unfriendly. Mm-hmm. You know, like what if you see someone in the street that you know, you, whether you work with or you're like your neighbor, like, do you look up and do you make a point to say good Shabbos or do you not? And it's funny because sometimes I feel more comfortable if I'm with my kids to like say a good Shabbos, like not totally ignore the person while I'm walking by, but if I'm alone, do I totally ignore them? Right. Is that rude? Or is, that, or is, that, is that correct? That, that's mm-hmm. some of the nuance. It's All of this stuff is in nuance. Yeah, that's and right. that's amazing. the nuance, you know? Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, I feel like this segues very nicely, actually, into our and our next question, which is that as a very public figure, you have a very amazing, prominent role in, in the Orthodox world, in the Jewish world. And, and we love it. I mm-hmm. love to see everything that you do all the time. Um, so how do you relate to Tzmiya's in vis-a-vis like this very visible role, you know? Cause that's, mm. that's also like a very specific boundary of like, you know, as writers, as podcast people, whatever, podcast people, podcast. podcasts, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, this is also something that we we consider like how, how do we navigate keeping what needs to be private private as we are very much in the world in a public way.
0: Correct. And, by, and it's such a fine line because it's the personal experiences that make you relatable and allow you to have impact. But at the same time, where is that line and how far is too far? Mm-hmm. And obviously for every person, that's an individual. Like we just spoke about things like nuanced behavior, every level of every bit of our observance is, is personal and has to be like, a, as long as we're always growth oriented, I think that's, you know, the most important thing. But I see being on the public eye a tremendous zchus in which case now we have to hold ourselves to even an even higher bar because whether whatever platform we have, whether it's the written word, whether it's podcasting, whether it's social media, whether it's being on stage in front of, you know, thousands of women, whatever it is that we use, whatever and power that we have that we use, that we have to hold ourselves to a higher, a higher bar, Mm -hmm. you know, and because we're, we're impactful, we're influential before the word influencers were out there. It's it's real, you know, and um, it's important.
2: So I have a question for you. I, I really, I see it's such a privilege to talk to you about this, because this is something that I wonder about is I do get the messaging that the ideal is to be behind the scenes, you know, as a firm woman, you know, it's, it's the, it's the woman who were honored at the dinner, who did everything quietly, not in the limelight behind the scenes. And then there are some people that are more in the spotlight kind of people. Do you ever struggle mm-hmm. yeah. with that, you know, it, ideal like, versus who you
1: are and how you accomplish? Like, should we be staying in the oh hell?
2: Like
1: in you know,
0: like Sarah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's like, you know, or, or we have, are we going out? Mm-hmm. It's it's such a challenge for sure. I struggle with every aspect of everything I'm doing every single day. <laughs> you know, and if, and if the struggle is real and if it wasn't real, where then where would be the growth, right? It's when we break down those muscles, that's when we build muscle. Like if we're talking about, you know, bodybuilding. So that's the same thing. It's with the struggle that we find our moments of growth and strength. Um, but yeah, very much so. And at the same time, certain people were given certain koach, certain, certain gifts, certain talents. Is it fair to keep them quietly behind planning the dinner? And certain women do not have the koach to plan the dinner. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, that could never be me. Like, I, If that was the minimal way to contribute to society, I would never, ever, ever be able to do that. That's just not my koach. So it's finding that balance of what is your unique gift to the world? and the new unique way that you can change the world and your impact, and whether that's on a grand scale or a small scale, whether that's on the public stage or whether that's backstage, um, whether that's with you know our Jewish global family or your immediate nuclear family, and then, Finding how do you actualize that in the proper way? Mm-hmm.
2: Because if you let yourself like have this notion that, oh, I need to be behind the scenes and the Torah, that's ideal for whatever reason, like you wouldn't be doing anything and you wouldn't be happy and you wouldn't be using the gifts that I shouldn't give you. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I just want to share, I just heard Beauty Deutsch speak and, and I, this just boggled my mind. She said, she asked her love, should she run? <laughs> okay. And her yeah. love was. You could say she. You should. You could say she should be behind the scenes. and She shouldn't be running. And her Rav told right. you. Told her Hashem gave you this gift. You have to use it. I'm like okay. We're good. Right. Her right.
0: <laughs> like run, BD, run. You know. What
2: I'm <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay oh, yeah. So,
0: so moving to our
2: next question, we really wanted to have you on. We like to talk about topics and issues on this podcast, and we thought your perspective would be fascinating on Snehis as you came to Snehis and to Fromkheit later on in life. So here's the deal. There is an unfortunate reality of young from women or even older from women who had a negative experience in their education um, about SNES, whether that came from home, whether that came from school, whether it came from both. I just recently heard of this term PTSD, post traumatic SNES disorder, unfortunately. Wow. Yes. Yeah. This is actually um, from wow. the, the whole, you know, this whole new
0: program. Um, that is so intense.
2: Yeah. yeah, and really, like, there's so many initiatives, how we teach Sineas Barak Hashem in our schools that, um, you know, we're, we're making things better. So um, I'm wondering if you had, you know, any any thoughts about coming to Sineas Leader in Life and what you would say from your perspective now, someone who's embraced it, what message you would give to women who are struggling with it based on their negative prior experiences?
0: first of all, I feel that SNES and everything that I've taken on has been such a gift to my life, has enhanced my life. And I can tell you that I have electively chosen everything um, that I'm doing. You know, it's not from societal pressure, it's not from culture. It's not like I, I wasn't brought up like this. And I feel obviously there's a power in making that decision. And I feel so thankful every day that I've made these decisions, SNES included. Um, doesn't mean I don't obviously struggle, but I'm, I'm thankful. And the return is so much greater um, for me in terms of living a meaningful life and a rewarding life. Um, obviously, I'm raising from, from birth kids. Right. It is, you, I can't even relate. I mean, I, I'm trying my hardest, obviously, but it's like, like I, so unexpected. I thought things would be so different for them. Yeah. And so raising them from in the Bay system in Eretz Sorel, like what I envisioned as a Bay girl. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my mind is being blown. And the girls say to me all the time, like all of the FFB parents are so much more relaxed and understanding because they went through the system. And it's all the Balachiva parents who are like, like freaking out because like, this is not what we expected, you know? And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's such, a challenge. Um, but I think if you're asking for advice, the best thing I can do, I say, is to find someone kind of willing it's your mother or it's your sister or it's a friend or a teacher who you look up to, who you know that you want to be like later in life, something that you aspire to, even if you're not in your mind, right? All the girls, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not. So even if you're not holding there yet, something that you, that you, was living the life that you know you want to live, mm-hmm. whether it's 10 years from now or once you're married, and then connect to them and have that, that relationship, that mentor where you could talk about the struggles. Mm-hmm. We always, I remember I had a great friend, one of the Rebbezins, it was Makar of me, and Anita Hadjiaf, uh, she lives in Muncie. Rabbi Lawrence Hajiev, is a very like, famous uh, Kiruv Rev, And he's wrote a number of books, he's unbelievable. And she said to me, like, she purposely likes to live in a community where she's not the firmest, and I'm putting this in quotes, you know, for when it gets the firmest person. She always wants someone to look up to or something to aspire to, something to keep her growing. Because if you're not growing, you're falling. So I'm saying to the girls, don't find someone who's obviously confining your friends or whoever's holding where you are for sure. But also have that that mentor or that relationship in life that helps you just keep your eye on the prize and keep you growing and keep you thinking and can give you the right kind of chizek and advice when you need it. Mm. So really a role model. Yeah. 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 Yeah, just sum at, it up in two words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, model,
1: exactly. Um, yeah, I was thinking like, you know, a lot of times when we look at someone who, who we perceive as firmer than us, it can be a very triggering experience and feel very, we can feel threatened right. we can feel like, right. Yeah. It it, all those, all those icky feelings that we want to avoid. But I love the idea of like turning that on its head and being like, no, no, like this is a, it could be a role model situation. It's okay that you're not right. there yet. It's okay. We're yeah. all growing. Right. And we don't have to be where we want to be, we have to get there organically and slowly in order for right. it to be like a healthy right. process. And so, we can't skip right. ahead, we have right. to make that a, a possible relationship to look up to someone instead of being threatened right. by it, to be inspired by it, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: right?
1: Yeah, I um, I just Sometimes you have to know.
0: hear, yeah, I just have to hear certain things, you have to hear them over and over and over again. And when you're ready for you know incorporating them to whatever degree in your life, fine, but like have that person that's always whispering. That path in your ear that you that you want that you know you want you know beautiful
2: and who's living it and you can see see them
0: correct you know, see yeah. what correct. they look like example something correct.
2: I love correct. about having the video of this podcast is to show women all different from women what we mm-hmm. look like how we're different and it's you know oh, representing
1: a lot of wonderful role models that to our, awesome. our audience yeah awesome. the, um I just wanted to really quickly we had a um. We have a montage question that we ask out. We put a call out to all our listeners and we say, okay, hey, here's a question. And then we like to hear from women in their own voices, how they relate to a topic. And I'm wondering if I could put you on the spot, a drop and ask you if you could give us some, th- I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's used it. <some laughs> <laughs> the question that we're asking our, our ladies this, this episode is how do we make sneeze sweet for ourselves and for our children? I wonder if you have any thoughts on
0: that. How do we make it sweet? Um, Oh gosh. It's so, it's, this seems is such a loaded topic. A loaded topic. What is the thing and the trigger? You give me the hard subject. Um, Cause you're so good. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're yeah, the best. Right. Okay. Fine. Um, okay. So last night I took my girl shopping and we just had such a nice time together and you know, the phone away and it was the older girls, which have different needs than the youngers. And, um, and we just had like the bonding experience. We went, we went to get something to eat first. You know, that mommy and me time. And then we went shopping and, and like just chitting and chit chatting and having fun. And I think that we like made the outing like not pressurized and, and like, and we created an evening around it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was something that made it, I think, very sweet. Like we all came back with such a good night. Like it was so much fun and, you know, like with good bonding. So I something I just what I just experienced last night. So I thought I'll share that. Yeah, I
2: love that. Beautiful. And you can't go shopping when you're hungry. So that's actually very practical oh, advice. Correct.
0: Well, you, you can't go shopping to the supermarket when you're hungry either. Don't right, do right, that. Right. Both. <laughs> not for clothes and not for yeah, Not for anything. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you
2: so much, Jamie. This was just such a pleasure. I know I think you're very busy. I, I this is the atrium, right? At the H building?
0: In Jerusalem? Oh, yeah. No, he oh I <laughs> they Isn't would love these that. This is the Waldorf Astoria in Jerusalem. Oh, oops. <laughs> Are catching me here? That's okay. The, by the way, it has a similar vibe. It's got I a lot of wood so. and Jerusalem stone and you know, whatever. And um, but yeah, we're here in the heart of Jerusalem. I just came from Aish actually, um, on my way back here. So and then I wanted to make sure that I got the chance to do the podcast with oh. you guys and and talk about SNES. And I hope that you'll have me on for like easier conversation. Are there any easier conversations?
2: <laughs> Say it again.
0: Are there any easier conversations?
2: Oh, I don't know.
1: We kind of, we,
0: kinda, we, we go for the jugular. We, we do. <laughs> but we'll,
1: we'll, we'll have you on again and we'll have like a more lighthearted schmooze. hundred yeah, yeah, percent. Yeah.
2: Right.
0: Okay. Fine.
2: Cause this but is intense. You did great, Jamie. Of all people, we thought you could tackle this and you 100%. did <laughs>
1: So thank
0: you for thank the, you. That,
2: the inspiration and sharing you. a little bit about your story. I think that's the most meaningful thing. And um, I, I really am walking in from this interview, just with that importance of, you know, of, of having those mentors and having those role models that also just like you said, like, yes, it can be challenging and let's just say that out loud. And that can be very yeah. validating for people. You, just because you're a full woman doesn't mean that you are gonna necessarily accept everything with a smile, you're gonna grapple and that's what Yiddish Fed is about. And don't give up, just keep trying to find ways, whether it's through mentors, through role models um, or learning. To find the inspiration in the mitzvahs that we keep so i think that's just a really important message so thank you Jean. yeah you know yeah
0: there's there's a few things now that i'm just thinking i don't know if we have more time and you we can cut it know. out if you don't
2: yeah someone wants this interview to end, you should she just
0: know. right right i said um five more minutes because you said a few things that made me think first and foremost you said learning yeah i think learning is so crucial and so critical um, and especially for women, we don't do that enough. And I think the more you learn and the more you understand, the more you feel empowered um, and it gives, it gives deeper meaning. So I think that that's like a critical thing. And when he spoke about um, making sneeze sweet, and I think this is with all of Yiddishkeit, less no and more about like the yes, more positivity. I think there's so much policing going on and as mothers and we feel the pressure of the community and we want our kids to be perceived a certain way and the family to be perceived a certain way we want that for their good not just for our good like you know because we understand the value of what it means to build a reputation i'm talking to my kids so much about reputation and you're making a name for yourself in the community it's so hard for them to understand what that means at you know at that age and i talk about impressions and first impressions so i'm doing a bunch of hiring at work recently and it's i hired a guy you know, uh, for a position, uh, you know, male. And I spoke to the kids. It was outside of SNES and outside of like your school and getting into the right schools and Shadokim and this mm-hmm. to talk about what a first impression means and what it means to present yourself in a certain way and what this guy did right and what he did wrong and, mm-hmm. and why. Like, And they were able to understand it when I gave examples, like outside of the very pressurized, triggering, you know, place that they're in. And I realized like so much of us trying to do good for them is like, it's coming out negative and policing and overbearing. So when we think about sweetness and sneeze, like, let's think about the warmth and the positive. And my mom always said, like, you catch more bees with honey. Right. Talk about what they are doing right. Talk about the amazing strides that they're making. When things are hard and you know certain things, like acknowledge them like over and over and over again, how they're doing this and you know how hard it is. And how I mean, they're so unbelievable. They're so they're inspiring you. Like, we, these. This is the kind of messaging the way we need to be talking, and I'm talking to myself. Yeah, we all know that. You're like, talking to myself, like, Muster to myself. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, I don't. Know. I don't, don't
1: want to leave, but <laughs> I
0: guess either. it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it worked out. We had a few technical difficulties and some time pressures, but it means a lot to be part of this, and I like. You're such an amazing team and what you're doing. I just feel it's an honor to be you know, featured and be part of this.
1: Oh, thank you. So yeah, this is ours. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
5: okay. Okay. Take care. okay. Be well. okay.
1: Bye,
0: guys. What
1: a conversation. Yeah. Such a good conversation. Um, one of the things that really just spoke to me so much was how. That she made shopping with her daughter such a beautiful, positive experience, and not just that it was like, oh, now we are going shopping, mm-hmm. now we are going home, but to make it a whole night and a whole like mother daughter bonding experience, mm-hmm. okay. and to like also go out to eat, mm-hmm. and also the important Nakuda of do not shop when you're hungry, <laughs> practical <laughs> advice here on DMC. Right. The um, but yeah, to just like view it as an opportunity to bond, mm-hmm. you know, and then yeah, a girls' yeah, night out, a girl's night night out. and then, yeah, you're also getting some sneaky clothes while you're there, mm-hmm. but like the that that's not even like the point of the trip. Mm-hmm. It's just part of the experience that was really helpful yeah she
2: actually had just said she had did it the night before yeah i know so what has that gotcha. was really
1: cool. yeah i love it
2: um i think what i gained the most actually was i mean a number of things but one <laughs> thing that she said just this one phrase and she said i'm speaking to myself right now and i just think that's so important especially us you know and, and podcasting is <laughs> every <laughs> episode we're tackling these amazing ideas and lofty concepts and things that we want to grow in. And that's why we're talking. About yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is
1: just a personal development program it that we're doing for ourselves guys. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that,
2: um, I'm never overwhelmed or burnt out. Like our last right. uh, few it's, episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I, as a public figure, Jamie, you know, said that, like, I'm just sharing with you the things that I'm working on, the things that I need to work on with CS and raising my children. And I thought that was a nice bit of vulnerability. And and that spoke to me. And, and, and another thing, and um, I guess sort of expanding on this is that we all make mistakes. Yeah. And with CS, whether it's, you know ourselves we're going through something and we're making an intentional mistake because like <laughs> i'm just not in the mood or i'm just like this is i'm not i don't want to wear xyz
4: um and that's natural
2: and that's okay hopefully we'll get through it you know but yeah as jamie said like gotta keep learning gotta, yeah you know if we're frustrated with something let's try to find the meaning in it and try yeah. to you know
1: and, um, and the, what is it, the forever. the, the film Saragra, like the she more too. you struggle with something, the more reward you get. Absolutely. And you grow tremendously from Absolutely. that, you know? Yeah.
2: Um, but also with our own children, I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, especially if if you're raising children and you've got a younger set and an older set, we look back, we, we make mistakes. You know, at the time we thought we were doing the right thing and then we could, yeah. and maybe the mistakes that we made had far-reaching consequences for our children where they may have negative attitudes towards yeah. certain mistakes. And it is part of the human experience. It's part of Jewish parenting, and I Amritsar mean, Shem will do better. You know, yeah. if we have another chance, and if even if we don't have another chance,
0: exactly, we're
2: human. One hundred percent to give everyone grace.
1: And th- I think that's very important. Yeah,
2: yeah. So here's this episode's takeaway: Sometimes we bring baggage to the performance of a mitzvah, and often that route performance of a mitzvah will make it stale and lacking meaning year after year after year. So we want you to think about a practical thing you can do to make the Mitzvah of Sinus more fresh, meaningful, and personal to you.
1: Well, you made it to the end of another Deep Meaningful Conversation. Thanks for coming this far. And you know what that means. Please consider taking a moment to rate and review our podcast. And if you are enjoying DMC, share the love and share a link with your friends and family.
2: If you're a usual listener, the video of this episode is available on every episode on the Meaningful Minute YouTube channel. So please check it out. It's lots of fun. Don't forget to like and leave a comment below the video while you're at it. And finally, Rifki and I would like to thank the team at Meaningful Minute for all of their continued support. See you next episode.